Talking to my bro, he's never seen the show. Wondering how it's gonna go. Orange County in the past is explored in this podcast. It's the bro scene. Welcome to the Brosy, bitch, a Latchkey Sibs miniseries where I, Holland Baker, make my little brother Gray watch one of my most beloved TV shows from the early 2000s for the very first time. Welcome to the show. I hope everyone loves our theme song. As of this recording, it is new to us, but you have already heard it a couple times, but I just want to shout out. I love our theme song. I love our theme song, too. Also, uh, breaking news, we're allowed to talk about the man, the myth, the legend who made our theme song. He gave me permission to say the theme song was made by a man named Josh Lang. He is the man who Allegra lives with. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, you gave us I was over permission. at their apartment yesterday and watching F1 qualifying and I was asking him, oh, how do you want to be credited on the theme song? And he's like, yeah... I decided it's cool if you guys talk about me on the podcast now. I was in a weird headspace when I said that, but like, you could talk about me now. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I was just going to say it was from an anonymous benefactor, but like, we can credit you for real, for real now. <laughs> wow. So shout out to Josh. <laughs> big, big changes in the Latchkey Sibs universe. I know, and Allegra's not even wow. here for it. I mean, she was there when he said that, but... <laughs> No, she wasn't. It was just, it was just you me and Josh, Josh at Allegra's house. Watching F1 qualifying <laughs> together <laughs> with their dog. Um, yeah. So, yeah. How have you been? It's been a while since we recorded. Yeah, I've been good. Not really much has changed. Um, San Francisco got warm oh, for a while, gross. which was cool. Um, Meg and I went to the beach like four times in one week. Nice. <laughs> Um, which was awesome. And we might go, um, try our hand at surfing today. Oh, wow. Like I, I have surfed, you know, I would never consider like ever label myself like a surfer or like, oh yeah, I surf. I have surfed. (laughs) I can surf. It's very Sandy Cohen of you. Exactly. (laughs) But I think Meg has only done it as a child. Mm -hmm. Um, Because she had family that lived in Hawaii. So I think it's been a very long time for her. So we want to get, try, you know, no pun intended, get our feet wet, try it out, um, and hopefully catch the bug and start making it a regular occurrence. That'd be cool. Um, The NorCal Ocean is surprisingly, it's unseasonably warm. Mm. Um, So I feel like there's no better time than when a hurricane hit the state ish <laughs> um and caused a lot of weird weather to occur and now there's a warm ocean and sunny san francisco making lemonade out of lemons <laughs> yeah yeah exactly let's at least try to see the positives in climate change while we can yeah take advantage while we can before an impending doom um Yay. anyway <laughs> 
Well, good to hear. Um, yeah, I how am, about you? I have been doing a lot of home renovation work. I have been like re... I've. It's been like two months where I have seemingly gotten rid of my cockroach infestation that I've been battling for like a year and a half. So knock on all the wood. Everybody send good vibes that they don't come back. They've been, this is the longest they've been away since I've been trying to get rid of them. New York City, baby. I'm living the dream in my cockroach-infested apartment. Um, nice. But now that they've been gone for a while, I feel comfortable investing in my space again. So I've, like, I got a new coffee table. I got, like, this cute couch cover to cover up how much the cats have scratched it to death. I got fake hanging plants, so because I cannot keep them alive and also the cats like to eat them. So now I have like a cozy little corner in my living room and now I'm looking up lighting fixtures. So this is what it's like to be 31 and it's very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. Yeah. I love home renovation and like just scaling up your your living space mm-hmm. that I think is one of Megan and my like favorite things to do together (laughs) is like decorate our home and like fix it up and and stuff. Um, Last week I, we, we had this like really janky like coat rack stand. Oh yeah. um, That that we'd had for years, but it just slowly started like the base started just like detaching. Sorry. The, the post started kind of slowly detaching from the base. And no matter what I tried to do, it would just be really wobbly. And because it's a coat rack, it's very top heavy. So a lot of times it would fall over. And it was really frustrating. And like we have a narrow hallway and it took up a lot of space. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, why the hell don't we have just hooks in the wall? Yeah. So I, it took last weekend, it took me a lot of trial and error because our old 1915, 1920s San Francisco home doesn't have very like standard stud placement. Ah. So it took me a lot of trial and error and I was trying to use different things and I put a lot of holes in my wall. (laughs) Um, And then I finally got it figured out and I was able to cover up all the holes in my wall because it's hooks on like a plank of wood. Nice. So I hit them all and I'm hoping that it just looks so good that when we move out, the the landlord won't think twice to remove it. Yeah. And just be like, oh, that's just there now. And they won't notice that there's like four big assholes in the wall <laughs> behind it. Um, well, you could also get some spackle or something if you do have to remove it. <laughs> yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that was a journey. But yes. it was fun. And now our hallway looks so much better. Our coats are like neatly put to the side. It's not taking up half the hallway. So it was a, a such a small thing, but it helped our peace of mind so greatly. So I, I love it. I know. And it's, it's also so probably the most like satisfying. married person thing I've ever said. <laughs> yeah. I also put up shelves in my kitchen area. So now I have like all my spices and I finally put up like a magnetic knife block and like so now my kitchen looks like a real little kitchen so yeah it's very exciting 
Well, anyway, let's, <laughs> anyway, improvements yeah. aside, um, let's get into it. So let's. Get- <laughs> I know. I'm like, let's let's cut the bagel. That's what I decided we were saying, right? <laughs> we're here to talk about the OC, the second half of season one, episodes fifteen through twenty-seven. And if that sounds like a lot, it is. And if you don't want to watch all of those episodes in order, wait, to wait, wait. I thought it was. Ep- I thought it was. It was episode seventeen through twenty-seven. No, it was fifteen. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. That's fine. I just I didn't know where we left, where we were half. Yeah. Halfway off. Um, but don't worry. We're gonna get into our first segment previously on the OC, where I have written out summaries based on relationships to catch everybody up and also to refresh our own memories because we did the thing again where we waited too long after finishing the episodes we were supposed to watch and recording um so starting off ryan marissa oliver Teresa is our first like i've those are the first quad that i've lumped together in one it's mostly like well, i feel like ryan Mar- i feel marissa like it's definitely it's segmented to be Ryan, Marissa, Oliver, and then Ryan, Marissa, Teresa. Mm-hmm. You know, like there is a Venn diagram there, but like Teresa and Oliver never interact. No, you know? but like Oliver things affect the couple that then lead to the Teresa thing. So anyway, sure. why don't I get into it? So we kick off the second half of the season with all the Oliver drama. He's obsessed with Marissa in an unhealthy way, and it seems like Ryan is the only one who sees it. It escalates to Oliver holding Marissa hostage in his hotel room with a gun while he suffers from a psychotic breakdown. And the couple cannot recover from all of the trust issues that sprang up during the whole Oliver drama, so they break up. Enter Teresa, Ryan's childhood sweetheart from Chino, who happens to be in Newport working catering jobs and escaping her fiancé, Eddie. Ryan and Teresa hook up and try to make things work, but Teresa ends up going back to Eddie for security reasons. After Teresa leaves, Ryan and Marissa do get back together, but uh uh-oh, Teresa comes back to Newport to escape Eddie, who turns out to be abusive. And surprise, she's also pregnant. We aren't entirely sure who the father is, but now that Eddie is out of the picture, Ryan feels responsible regardless. Ryan has to choose between staying in Newport with Marissa and the Coens and doing the responsible thing and returning to Chino with Teresa to raise the baby. We all know Ryan is choosing responsible all day, every day, and the season ends with him leaving the OC. So that's our... (sighs) I know. It's so frustrating. I can't wait to get into it. (laughs) Um, I will say, the show... It does such a good job. And I mean, and I think this is the case with a lot of these kind of like teen soap operas um, is that like, even though you know this show is stupid <laughs> and you know that all of this shit is ridiculous and that like in like five episodes time, any problem that is occurring right now is going to be not even mentioned. <laughs> But it still draws you in to being so caught up mm-hmm. and frustrated and about the situation mm-hmm. where like during the Oliver thing where like Ryan's like the only one who seems to notice. I'm like, I know this is stupid, <laughs> but like, God damn it. How is no one else noticing? Yeah, you know, like, yeah. I'm like still like, 
how come no one understands? <laughs> totally. It's just, yeah, it's just like, it's, I just, it's hats off to the writers. Mick something. Mick G. Um, <laughs> Josh Schwartz. And Josh Stephanie Schwartz Savage. for like still making this, yeah, still making me invested, even though like the whole second half of the season, I was rolling my eyes way more than the first half. Yeah, I told you, second half gets way more bad shit <laughs> but like yeah. in the best yeah. way um so our next uh relationship triangle is again seth summer anna so at the mid-season finale we saw anna wait you forgot one what it's seth summer anna and then seth summer summer's dad yeah i mean i do mention him in <laughs> no. here but i didn't put him in the like the category title <laughs> I know. I'm just joking because one of my favorite Cohen lines also is when he's like bitter about after like Summer was all weird about the uh, the meeting Uh of the two of like when Seth met her dad. And he just goes like, well, I I guess I can do whatever because my girlfriend's dating her father or something. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently my girlfriend's dating her father. Yeah. (laughs) So Seth, Summer, Anna... At the mid-season finale, we saw Anna go over to the Coens to get her New Year's kiss from Seth, and the two begin the second half of the season as a couple. They break it to Summer, who pretends to be cool with it, but then makes it her mission to drive a wedge between them. Uh, The two, as in Seth and Anna, soon realize they may have been better off as friends or that they might actually just be the same person. Plus, Seth is still hung up on Summer, whether he realizes it or not. It's very apparent to Anna, though, so she breaks up with him. Seth subsequently gets together with Summer, and they lose their virginity to each other. Anna then decides to leave the OC because she misses Philly. Or Pittsburgh. My bad. I was about to lay into you. Pittsburgh. I think I wrote that before I started to rewatch. It's different. I know it is. (laughs) Things seem to be going great between Seth and Summer for the rest of the season, with a small bump in the road when Summer's dad doesn't approve of Seth, causing some tension and a short-lived breakup. But then Ryan has to leave the OC, and Seth kind of makes it all about him. He is so butthurt that his friend is leaving that he runs away on a sailboat at the end of the season. Yeah, okay. Um, just quick, <laughs> quick thing here. So, and we can, I don't know how we're going to get into it more, but I just, I want to make these comments. Yeah, do um, it. And I want to, and, okay, like, so just real quickly, um, I thought it was so dumb how Seth was like oh my god we're the same person with Anna I'm like they were they worked so well together um and but when you just gave that recap it made me realize like oh no I think that was probably just like his teen brain trying to find an issue because he was still hung up on summer which was apparent like you know later on but the fact that, like, that was, like, the initial reason thing that got to him, it's, like, that's a good thing. Yeah. I don't <laughs> Having know. Having things I was in like, common with the person you're dating is not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that was pretty much it. Yeah. It's such um, a co- But, yeah, it's, like, such a oh. Cohen excuse to be, like, this has to be the problem because you're trying to find a problem because the actual problem is that he's still in love with someone. Yes. And then also, like... I, I think I mentioned this, but, like, it was in, like, the first episode, and now it's in the last episode. <sighs> Sorry. That sailboat 
cannot get you to Tahiti. Like, it's just, I don't know how. That sailboat, that's a dangerous ride to Catalina. Yep. Like, a tiny, like, 10-foot catamaran. There's no way. No, there's no shelter. There's no structure. There's, it's literally pontoon, pontoon, trampoline. Yeah. Like, you are as exposed to the elements as possible while still technically calling yourself on a boat. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's like a raft. I'm so, I'm so eager to see where they write him going. Like, I hope it's like Huntington because there's no way he even like, if he makes it to Catalina, that is a feat in itself. I'm just, just going to say that. I will, I will tell you, we find out where he goes. Episode one of season two. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, but like, I just find it so ridiculous and it's such a like, 16 year old boy thing to think totally. i guess totally <laughs> apparently yeah, he's 16 because they're sophomores remember everybody they're sophomores <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember, again i just want to like make sure everyone realizes that as we get into the episode discussion so you understand what they are doing as like 16 year olds oh my god um, i know i i want to re like speaking of at the end of this <laughs> yes caleb julie luke is my next <laughs> relationship oh my God. although i do think they they say that luke is 18 at one point what i can't remember but did he so get held back luke might be twice <laughs> when did they say he was 18 I, I don't remember seeing that i think they had to say that he was 18 so that they could air it on television and julie says it like in an offhand comment um, but I honestly don't remember. I think I only know that because I listened to the podcast with uh, Melinda Clark and Rachel Bilson, and they, and they said that. But anyway, my ne- the next. Uh, Hold on, I'm looking this up group on Reddit of characters. right now. Um, this was oh my god, there's the OC subreddit. I need to dive in. Well, hey, um, hang on, you're gonna right get now. spoilers. No, I know, I know, but hold on, I'm just reading. This is. Your opinion on the Luke-Julie relationship. Just real quick. I've been rewatching this series with my dad. Yikes. There have been something that's bothered me about the Luke-Julie relationship I want opinions on. On the one hand, I do think it was one of the more interesting storylines the OC did and gave Luke and Julie something to do. Agreed. Yeah. On the other hand, when I look at the relationship, there's a really gross factor and I can't ignore. Duh. Um, <laughs> the relationship is basically statutory rape. It's not basically. It's statutory rape. Um, there's also the fact that the story seems to victim blame Luke for sleeping with Julie by making it seem like he betrayed Marissa. Yeah. Yeah. During this entire time, no one points out how Julie basically slept with a high school student. Not basically. She did. She slept with a high school student. Or that she should have said, no, this is wrong. Um... Yeah, Julie, in my opinion, is clearly in the wrong. Okay, I'm actually rewatching this series right now. I'm in the middle of this section. I'm like 90% sure Julie says that Luke is 18 at one point. Oh, right. You have homeroom because you're 18 and still in high school. Makes it less weird, but also doesn't really make any sense. They may have just added that one line in not to upset viewers. That's exactly. It doesn't add up with him being a sophomore, though. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly what Um, happens. I think they're like, because they don't say how old 
any of them are technically in season one, other than this one moment with Luke. The same way that it's retcon that this is their sophomore year, I think it's also just retcon that, like, maybe Luke is just two years older than them because we never explicitly say but they, but they're she in the same grade. I know. they say Luke been, and Marissa, they started dating in fifth grade. grade. It was, they started dating in fifth grade. So clearly, if they want to really just, so like, So maybe Luke know, got held back, which, honestly, are we surprised? <laughs> that's what I was going to say is, like, they could make a, make a case that Luke got held back twice. <laughs> um, and that also, Ryan, who is clearly the oldest actor on this uh-huh. cast um, of children, is, uh, like, not the parents. They could also, you know, do some, you know, cartwheels, some gymnastics of logic around, like, maybe he was a delinquent in Chino, didn't get enough credits, and when he transferred, he had to be kind of held back also sure you know what i'm saying but i don't they don't do that because we spoiler minor spoiler we do end up celebrating ryan's 18th birthday in season three so (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay all right um okay okay let's let's carry on let's keep going so caleb julie Julie, Luke. luke so there's another thing here. Now you finish your summary. Okay. Let you you say the summary, and then I'll give my points. Okay. I'm sorry. I just really want to talk about this one. I understand. It's a very hot topic. Um, <laughs> Luke starts off the second half of season one just straight vibing. He's singing along to Rooney, jamming on the guitar, backing Ryan <laughs> just up. Just straight. You know, what I just want to say, love that Holland. <laughs> Beautifully said. Beautifully put. He was just straight vibing. He was vibing. just straight vibing. He's singing along to Rooney, jamming on the guitar, backing Ryan up in his hatred for Oliver, and just generally being a homie. And then somehow he starts an affair with his ex-girlfriend's mother, Julie Cooper. Julie started off the second half of the season dating old man Caleb, who eventually breaks up with her after feeling too smothered by her. In the wake of the breakup, Julie turns to Luke for comfort and validation, and they start an incredibly inappropriate affair. However, once Ryan and Seth find out about them, they force Luke to break things off before Marissa finds out, and Julie runs straight back to Caleb. Unfortunately, Marissa finds out anyway, and Luke is iced out of the group. To top it off, Caleb proposes to Julie, which is the last straw for Luke. He gets so depressed that he drinks and drives, totaling his car and ending up in the hospital. He's okay, but he leaves Newport to move up to Portland with his gay dad. Julie barely acknowledges this and goes through <laughs> her engagement to Caleb, and the two get married in the season finale. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and he moves to Portland with his gay dad. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I mean, no, you're no, not wrong. It's just phrasing. Um, that was so funny. I also so okay. Now I want to yeah. say things. So one. Yeah, I agree with the Reddit post that it's oh, Luke should not, not have been fully blame. in the wrong for that. No. I honestly feel like, unless I'm forgetting something, Marissa doesn't even really, like, approach her mom. Like, doesn't even, like, dig into her mom that much about this. I, it was yeah. kind of just like, I already hate you. So there's like it was almost it's just, it's like, just like I can't hate you anymore. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Um, I I did appreciate that at least 
like at the end of that episode, Marissa does like forgive Luke and does see that like Julie is the one more in the wrong for this. Like she's like, I can't believe yeah. she did this. Like she, I feel like she at least understands that like Julie is the one responsible for this incredibly inappropriate situation. I'm like, I'm yeah. glad we at least got there, but like, not in the most cut and dry way that it we should have gotten there. Yeah. 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 Um also I love Luke's acting when drinking. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he did a good like job. Such exaggerated like swigs of beer, <laughs> like which is both like I don't know if it's just bad acting or really deliberately good acting of over exaggerating it because he's a high school student drinking yeah. <laughs> where he was just like like super dramatic swigs of beer and then just like throwing the bottle like i don't know it reminded me of hot rod when he's in the woods like doing his like flash dancing while drinking whiskey um shout out to anybody who's seen that movie and knows my <laughs> reference um but i just thought it was hilarious because it's like it's also just so Luke, I guess. Yeah, it's because um, Luke is like a little silly goose. Yeah. And then also my last point is there was a moment when Marissa was like kind of about to expose Julie to Caleb. And he just goes like, I know everything. But like she didn't say anything. And I'm like, does Caleb actually know what happened? Did Julie actually sack up and tell him? Or is he just saying, like, I know everything, you don't have any power, I'm gonna blue you know, like I'm gonna bully you into making this decision. Um That question will be know. answered eventually. Okay, so. okay. And then also the last thing, I don't know, we can get into it later. Never okay. mind. Pinpoint, just just make sure I got, can you make a I note got a whole to bring bullet up. point to talk about Luke and Julie. So No 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 no. Okay. But can you put a pin in um or, like, make a note that I want to come back to Caleb, Marissa, Jimmy, blackmail. Totally. That's what I wanted to... I wanted, But we can get into that once we bring up Jimmy, who totally redeemed himself this season. By the end of the season, one of my... One of my more favorite characters. Um, He's no... I mean, he's still... There's not... He's not doing much... <laughs> But I like him more. He's okay. less boring. Uh, yeah, he's got more. He does. Yeah, he gets more to do. Although this is going to be my shortest summary because honestly, the rest of the characters didn't have too much to do because a lot was happening with no. everyone else. So yeah, I just yeah, have yeah. the other parents as my last uh, summary. Lots of real estate bullshit happens. Sandy and Jimmy then decide to buy the lighthouse and open their own restaurant because Sandy's bored at his corporate job and Jimmy can't get a job anywhere else. However, they have to bring in Caleb as a silent partner, which of course leads to shadiness. When they can't get their liquor license, Caleb buys them out, both as a way to blackmail Marissa into moving in with her mom once they get married, as well as to try to sell it for hire to get his company out of hot water legally. Too bad Sandy interferes with the sale, and now the Newport group will be entering season two on thin ice. Also, Jimmy and Haley started dating. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the whole, the lighthouse, like, arc, maybe it was just because of the frequency in which I was watching these episodes. 
but it just like came and went so quickly and just like nothing ever amounted to it i guess other than just to put the newport group in a shitty spot i guess in a way to like blackmail marissa into moving in with her mom um i also thought it was so immature how jimmy was like we can't tell anyone like about our relationship with Haley mm-hmm. just because like 20 years ago he dated her sister. <laughs> I know. It's like, I don't think they would care that much. And it, you know, it turns out they, they don't. Didn't. Yeah. They didn't like, like Kirsten was kind of weird about it for like a quarter of an episode yeah. and then it was fine. Yeah. And I'm like that you guys are fucking adults. <laughs> this is crazy to me. And then, yeah, it was totally fine. And I'm like, yeah, honestly, it works. Mm -hmm. They work for each other. It's fine. I know there's going to be some drama that's going to get brought up needlessly in the next season. Just because that's the OC. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, like, as for now, I'm like, yeah, it works. It's fine. It's like, it makes sense. And let them live their lives, I guess. Totally. Yeah. Um... I was going to say something, but I totally forgot. So before we dive into episode discussion, we're just going to have a very quick welcome to the OC bitch first impressions. There's only two characters. Um, and I, and one of them, I'm sure we will talk about at length. So this is like, Gray, just give me your initial like first impressions of these two people. The first is sure. Teresa Diaz. <laughs> I'm I just thought like the whole time like this is unnecessary (laughs) like I just felt like I just felt like it did they didn't they introduced her so abruptly I think that it made it annoyed me because I was like it was so obvious like oh this person is coming in to be a problem yeah She's coming in as a device, a plot device. Yeah, and I also don't think they ever did enough to really give her, like, and maybe this was on purpose, but um, they didn't do enough to, like, make me root for her at any point. Yeah. Um, now, Meg did point out that she is one of the more capable actors of the teens, which is very true. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make me like her anymore yeah. as a character um, because of her very, like, again, just, like, the way they wrote her was just so annoying of, like, not her herself, but the situations yeah. of, like, I'm just going to support myself, like, bitch, you're 16. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, oh, these catering jobs in Newport. And then, like, it was just, It I don't just know. felt it was like so the, foolish. the situation was, always felt kind of forced. Yes, the situation always felt forced, um, and it was just like, okay, I, they're just using her as a device for drama, I guess. Speaking was, of devices to be used for drama, our next character is Eddie. God, they did Eddie so fucking dirty, <laughs> I dude. I loved him the first, like, two episodes he was in, or whatever, yeah. and then they don't even have the decency to have him be in the episode where they completely diminish his name and his character and his like, you know, any redeemable his quality yeah. just goes down the fucking chute 
and they don't even have the decency to have him be on screen when they do it or like when in the episode where it happens like he was the right guy and i think they he was also the best teen actor yeah anybody on the show so far of anybody who's supposed to play a teen he did such a good job i liked him a lot yeah and then they were like Oh, by the way, he hit Teresa. Now you're like, oh, great. Now I can't fucking root for him anymore. Now she has to be with Ryan. Like, that pissed me I off. Know. That pissed me off so much. I know. So. Like, why couldn't it be? Uh, I know. It's uh, so frustrating. It's so frustrating. And every time I watch season one, I, like, dread the entire Teresa storyline because it's so fucking annoying and also it's just so shoehorned yeah and i so i realized after editing our last episode gray and i already talked about this but i think i need to bring a lot more of my own like biases and like middle school perspective into our episode so i want to before we get into episode discussion um as i was watching the second half i was really realizing how many just like inherent biases I have whenever I come into watching the show that were like formed when I was 12 and that really have not adjusted in time because it's just like this is the perspective (laughs) I've always had of the show and whenever I watch it I'm not like analyzing it or interrogating it I'm just watching it as an enjoyable experience and one of the things that I just want... You're just deepening the grooves yeah, of those exactly. biases. <laughs> and one of those biases is that my 12-year-old self is a, like a diehard Ryan Marissa stan. They are, they, like, 12-year-old Holland, that is her OTP. She loves Ryan and Marissa. And I think it just comes from a place of, like, Hall, OTP? One true pairing. <laughs> this is like fan okay, fiction okay. speak. Um, and Sorry, for me, okay, yeah, never mind. Keep and, I th- and that clouds a lot of like what I find enjoyable in the show. Whereas like as an adult, <laughs> I'm like, Ryan and Marissa are a fucking mess. And, and, and now as an adult, I'm kind of just like, I just want Ryan to be okay because he's already been through a lot. And I think that's maybe where like baby Holland was coming from too. And she thought that meant Marissa because that is what the show is presenting to you. And I think the show is also kind of Ryan and Marissa stands. Cause they always try to like pull them back together. But I think it's also cause that's what the fans want. So I just, that is like a yeah, I, inherent bias that I have. <laughs> as, as someone who's coming into this with a fresh perspective, I don't want Ryan and Marissa to be end game. Mm-hmm. Until Marissa learns to kind of take some fucking accountability and, like, try to better herself, which she sh- she showed flashes of in the second half post-Oliver part of the season. Oh my she God. did show some growth, and so I did start to kind of root for them a little bit. And then, of course, Ryan, I, I also just want him to be okay, meaning I want him to, like heal from his trauma which he clearly has not done because he is constantly just being like i have to be the martyr i have to be the martyr i have to do what's right even if i'm miserable and it's like no baby you need to look out for yourself yeah because you're a child 
and like I don't know maybe think like hard and analyze things before you make a decision on them but that yeah so I'm like yeah honestly by the end of season one before like the last maybe minute of the show I'm like yeah maybe in this moment in time Marissa is the better choice maybe not the right choice honestly the right choice is just staying with the Coens and then just letting them take care of you that's the right choice Mm -hmm. but Teresa's by no means the correct choice yeah and i and i'm just like wait till the baby is born and do a dna test because you're 16 and that's an okay thing to ask for bro yes because it's probably because i feel like statistically it's probably eddie's seriously you know yeah anyway (laughs) let's like let's roll it back a little bit and let's dive into the oliver palooza of it all yeah oliver i think is one of the most hated characters on tv (laughs) for a good reason yes Uh, uh, meg said she hates his stupid face and anything like yeah I agree. She, I hate his stupid face. Do you know the actor's actually blonde? Yeah. And like pretty attractive as he a blonde man. He was in Phantom of the Megaplex. He was really? the main guy in Phantom of the Megaplex. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's no, yeah, good. I like looked him up I on. I think it's good that he doesn't look like Oliver in real life because he probably would get a lot more unwarranted hate otherwise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he yeah. did well, a good I mean, job. It's obviously it's obviously clear that he's not naturally black-haired because it's so obviously dyed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember I was looking him up while we were watching. And I go like, hey, Meg, look. He actually is like a pretty good-looking dude and he's blonde with like a beard and stuff. <laughs> and she was like, mm. I just see Oliver. I'm like, okay, oh. fair, totally fair. Um, that's how that's how villainized he is in this show. Yeah. Um, so annoying. So, I mean, obviously, like toxic. Just so obsessive and creepy and crazy and <clears throat> like, it's just so it's so funny how like no one notice yeah it's insane i don't understand i don't understand how all of these they're all played up to being these very privileged children like the entire it's the 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 the, you know the whole shtick is like this whole town is filthy rich so how are these people like these kids blinded by how like this kid's type of rich i don't know i didn't get it how they were like oh my God, he's got a house in Palm Springs and like he lives in a penthouse and you know, all of this stuff where it's like, Seth, your grandfather, (laughs) like everyone says is like the richest man in Orange County. I mean, maybe it's just like, he started off with being like, I can get us tickets to the sold out show in Rooney. So he like starts off being like, I have access to things that you want even though that ended up being, yeah. like, kind of crazy because he, like, got caught buying drugs at Rooney. Which we kind of, like, blow past. Like, we still are no hanging out with again. him and going to Palm Springs with him after he gets fucking arrested. Like, you'd think that would be, like, okay, maybe this guy's sketchy. and Maybe we don't <clears throat> want to hang out with yeah. him. Also, 
Um, to 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 that point, when he's introduced, he's sober. I don't know if that's supposed to be a lie or not, yeah. but it's what he's like in therapy. Yeah. He's sober. He has a sponsor, and he is trying to be on the straight and narrow. And then the cocaine thing happens at the Rooney show. And, like, Marissa doesn't think anything of it other than, like, is he okay? Um, instead of trying to hold help hold him accountable. Like, if you really cared about this guy, you would be like, no, I'm going to make sure you stay sober. Yeah. And then, like, an episode or two later, they're like, we're going to Palm Springs. And Luke brings <laughs> 900 beers. <laughs> And it's like, you want one? And it's like, I thought we're trying to keep this kid sober. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, that's just inconsistent all across the board. Um, and then he just like, obviously, you know, they, they try to ramp it up. But when they, when the wedge has finally been placed between Ryan and Marissa with Oliver. And there there's this one scene where they are at school eating lunch together it was when it was the scene when ryan leaves a message and on yeah. oliver deletes the message yeah. that scene there was a moment where like they're chatting and i think like at one point like summer sits luke. down and you know oh luke sits down yeah and in that scene oliver says ryan's name i counted six times <laughs> It's a maybe two minute yeah. scene, two and a half minute scene. He says Ryan's name six times. No one else is mentioning. No one else says Ryan's name, but he keeps doing it. And I was like, oh my God, how is this not obvious right then and there that like this guy is almost more obsessed with Ryan than he is with Marissa? I don't know. It was just crazy. It was so annoying. I'm so invested. Um, and yeah, again, like how is no one noticing this yeah i guess other than luke luke's the only one and then the only time summer starts to like get annoyed it's not because of what oliver's doing let's just be clear yeah. it's nothing about oliver it's all about she doesn't get to hang out with marissa as much yeah and so then she just gets jealous it's just so crazy i know it's so annoying and it also is just like this is i don't maybe it's already been established but this like is where we're firmly establishing Marissa likes to collect like stray puppy dog boys who are damaged and wants to like help them is kind of like her thing. Oh my god, yes. Cuz she kind of did it with How Ryan. Did I not pick that up? She kind of did it with Ryan. She does it with Ryan. And then here it comes Oliver and Spoiler alert, this is not going to be the last time that something like this happens. Just, like, the same way that Ryan has, like, a total white knight complex, mostly with Marissa, but with other people as well, it's then Marissa is kind of, like, on the other end where she also kind of has a savior complex, but in a different way. So, and it's just so frustrating. Yeah, it's and like... And kind of beat those, like, character uh, points a lot in the like they come back around a lot in the yeah show. it's like it's like marissa marissa is the it's like the classic like i can fix him yeah. and then ryan his is it's similar but he's kind of like i'm the solution yeah it's like marissa's like i'm he the needs, fix he needs me he needs support 
I can help him. Yeah. And it's like there's it's two sides of the same coin where Ryan yes. is like, well, I have to step up because they need help. Like, I know I can be the strong person who can. It's like very it's right. similar but different. Totally. Yeah. And it's just like <laughs> so fucking toxic. <laughs> so toxic. Yeah. The Oliver episodes are also like, I think, some of the most hated ones like in the fandom because it's just like fuck this guy because it's so frustrating watching him be crazy and ryan is the only person who sees until luke eventually is like yeah that guy's fucking sketchy and he like helps him figure out like he like natalie doesn't exist um he never went to pacific or like whatever i can't or yeah, yeah. no that's what um no 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 Natalie. Luke finds out that Natalie doesn't. There was never, never a Natalie or a girlfriend at Pacific, yeah. and then um, Marissa. Yeah, all of that. But yeah, Luke helps. Luke starts to actually kind of like get it through Marissa's head. Yeah. Um. Okay. Enough, enough about, about Oliver. Oliver. He doesn't deserve any more of our time. The next thing on my list is <laughs> Teresa, but we can also like jump around. Sethmer begins. If we want to talk about the oh, Anna yeah, Seth. Right summer transition i guess i want to know how you feel because you were such a seth anna stan and how did i guess how did you feel when their relationship began to crumble well like i mentioned i thought it was just like kind of cheap how they shoehorned in issues yeah like i feel like they kind of had to force issues into the relationship um and then you know i get it ultimately it was like yeah like he's not over this girl and it's not fair to like be dating someone when you are so clearly like into another person and mm-hmm. have to address those feelings in some way um i still don't think they really did enough in my eyes to like redeem summer That's gonna be my next they just kind of made it like that's that's what's happening now. And you're kind of like, okay, like, I guess that's fine. And, you know, Seth has his own issues. <laughs> um, like, just as a person. And I'm not trying to say, like, he's flawless and Summer is a problem. Like, they do make Summer a little bit more um, palatable. Um, I guess, sorry, that's the wrong way of saying it. Summer has always been, like, entertaining and enjoyable on screen. But, like, they made her a little bit more, like, I guess, redeemable for, For like, you know, the relationship to work. But I still think it's, like, I don't know. More needs to be done because, I don't know. She was such a dick before. (laughs) And then all of a sudden it's now just, like, she even says, like, while she's dating him. Like, you know, there's still some shame involved in the fact that she's dating him. Yeah. But I think a lot of that is also, like, she's insecure. I think they tried to set up, like, I'm also insecure because now that I have you, I'm afraid of losing you. And I'm leaning into, like, the social hierarchies kind of as a defense mechanism because it's easier for me to feel like I have the power. Yeah, but even part of that. Because if I don't, then that means that you can leave me. Yeah, but even part of that was like, because then I will have been dumped by Seth Cohen. 
Yeah, that's true. You know, like the the outward viewpoint instead of like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I like her more. I'm okay with them being together. Um, but then like Seth starts to just have his own issues with the whole Ryan leaving and like, he just like makes it all about himself and he's just, you know, really, he, that's where the, the real emo comes out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think I texted this, but I was like, I finally understand what you meant by him being emo. It's because of all the unnecessary ties he wears with his clothes. <laughs> that was such an early 2000s, like emo guy thing to yeah. do. It's like, I'm at high school, but I'm wearing like a button down and a tie yeah. for no reason. And um, how did you feel about Anna just leaving? I thought it was weird, but I guess it made sense because they're like, we don't really know what to do with her anymore. Yeah. I am, in so, hindsight, though, so I am a little it. sad that she leaves because it could have been interesting to keep her around. Kind of her yeah, and Luke. I thought she was. I thought she was a entertaining part of the group. Yeah, I liked her perspective as kind of being like a female Cohen, because both Summer and Marissa yeah. like, are such like distinct kind of characters. That having that other like more pragmatic yeah female um they there isn't a lot of them in this show Kirsten can be there be that way time to time but she's like a mom it's very wishy washy yeah. um whereas like we have like Sandy kind of always holding it down as that source of like morality and whatnot and just like a a more realistic perspective and they there's not really a lot of that in the female side of things in this show like the females are all kind of caricatures yeah are they just like not that the males aren't but at least like i said at least they have sandy to kind of balance it but it's just like julie cooper totally one way kirsten can be but also can be a caricature. Marissa's a caricature. Summer's for sure a caricature. The the depth hasn't been explored mm-hmm. yet in all of them. Um yeah. do we want to get into Luke and Julie? <laughs> oh man. I I think we talked about it already yeah, enough. That's true. You know, like I can't believe that they didn't make it more of like this is Julie's fault. Um so gross. Like definitely should have been on like at Julie's fault. Totally. Way more. Um and they like they did not do that enough. They like made it way too much Luke's fault. Mm-hmm. Um which was just silly, but I guess also a very high school mindset. Um, and then like, it's just so typical, like they just really, really need to beat in to the viewers that like Caleb and Julie are the villains here. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like cartoon They just have to make, villains. they like just, they make them constantly irredeemable, which is fine. Totally fine. They are the magnets of negativity that help make this ecosystem Yeah, sometimes work. you just need people to hate for just for yeah. who they are because they're just always going to be bad. Um Yeah. Kind of related. I do think 
I think my favorite episode of the season that I think is like again like quintessential OC ep is the LA. And if we want if yes. we want to dig into the LA, like last episode we had the heights where I was like I love this. This is a near perfect episode of television. Second half, I feel like that episode for me is the LA because we have like just the opening of the LA when Ryan is going to the Mermaid Inn to pick up a watch he left in Teresa's room and he and Seth are talking about like we we need like an angst-free riot like it's Ryan doesn't have any issues anymore let's like aim for an angst-free Ryan month and Ryan's like I don't know if I can last a whole month he's like what about a week angst-free Ryan week and then out walks Luke and Julie making out as he's leaving her at the motel. And then we just get didn't even last a week or didn't last. Didn't even last the night. Didn't even last the night. Yeah. It was was so good. It was so fucking good opening. It was such a, like that was definitely the best opening of the season. I (laughs) think. Um, It was just hilarious. And that episode, it had so many fucking bangers. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, I love it because it's just, I, it's I can't making the fun of the show that we are actively watching as well with yes. the Valley. <laughs> so that's another, um, that's one on. of my favorite running bits in the show as well is the Valley, which is basically like the OC within the OC. Um, and it, they keep building on it as well, kind of as like little background things throughout the series. But in this episode, Star of the Valley, Grady Bridges is filming something on the beach. And Summer and Marissa like walk up to him, get an autograph of the 21st century on their camera phones with him. And they get invited to a party in L.A. to hang out with Grady Bridges. And Summer is a super fan. And he's obviously supposed to be Adam Brody. <laughs> he's the Seth. Is he? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he is. The he's Seth the Seth in of the, the Valley. Yes, totally. <laughs> um, okay, hold on. I need to remember, because there was another, like, hilarious one Oh, I know. I know exactly. I think you texted it to me. I, I just need to, I need to remember the, I texted it. I just need to remember the context around it. Is it when it. Summer, it and, some, like, Grady is making Summer watch dailies with him? No, 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 no. Not that <laughs> okay. one yet. Not yet. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so... What it was is it was when Caleb they're doing the like test like the investor dinner right. thing. So, yeah, they're having and investors over to try it, the food from the lighthouse so they can the get meatloaf. more money. Yeah. yeah. So Caleb is inserting himself and he's trying to like dictate what's going on and what's happening because he's trying to impress the investors or whatever. And Jimmy basically goes like, fuck you. This was supposed to, this was our thing. This was supposed to be fun. Like if you're going to be like, whatever, like I'm fucking leaving, you know? And he just like walks out and Caleb just like watches him go. He just watches him go and he turns back to Sandy and he just goes, that's why that man is bankrupt. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so fucking funny, like perfect comedic timing. And like, it's just like such a good Caleb line because it's like, obviously that's all he cares about is like money and success. Like, it was just, it was really good. It was really fucking funny. Yeah. But um, meanwhile, I laughed out loud. he's actually leaving because when the kids go to the party at the 
at the at Luna Chicks in LA, they discover Chicks, Haley yes. is a stripper. Quote: I feel like she's more of like a go-go dancer. I like there weren't really strippers. Yeah, she was totally a go-go dancer, but, but <laughs> they discovered Haley was whatever. a stripper at the club, and Jimmy's like, "I'm gonna go save her." <laughs> Um, yeah, I think the other yeah, was... the other line that you texted me was when Grady Bridges was making Summer Watch dailies with him and then started playing his own yes. music for her. And Seth comes along and is like, God, I knew it could only be self-indulgent actors with instruments when he heard the, the music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was perfect. And it makes me, I'm curious, did Adam Brody try to be in a band at yes. any point? I think he he was he in a band called like Big Japan, Big Tokyo. It was something that was like playing on that like Big, big Japan. Japan. Like we're big in Japan, but then it turned into Big Japan, I guess. Um Adam Brody on the drums. Yeah. I'm looking up. So I believe he also played the drums or he was he was also in a band on Gilmore Girls before he was on the OC. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Check this out. So, I'm just looking. There's like a Wikipedia page. It's a tiny Wikipedia page. Um, so let's see here. Four piece indie rock band. Um, the band only perform and record sporadically, given Brody and Harrison's unpredictable schedules. The band's name was originally Stevens Team, named after the movie The Cable Guy. Very indie. <laughs> um, the Big Japan's first release, Music for Dummies, was digitally released through blah, blah, blah. The album's title was changed to Untitled, and the limited number of CDs printed have become collector's Amazing. items. <laughs> AKA, not a successful yeah, no. band. Um, the OC, a television series in which Brody starred, featured a fictional band named Big, Big Korea. Yes. In the third season of the episode, the character Chili is seen wearing a Big Japan t-shirt. Oh, cool. <laughs> Spoiler alert, um, you're okay, going to so, meet someone named Chili. <laughs> there we go. Um, perfect. Well, that's a good... Uh, let's me know, like, you know, what... what A little bit more inside the actor's studio of, like, the, the L.A. Uh-huh, episode. Uh-huh. And they... And then they even talk about also like, oh my God, you guys are like actually dating in real life. Was this around the time when the actors were actually dating too? They started dating in season one and I believe they broke up in like season four, maybe. I can't remember. But they dated almost the entire time they were filming the series. Um, So crazy to me. Like, it's such a dangerous game to play. (laughs) Truly. Um, uh, the other things I have on my bullet points are the Vegas. I don't know if we also want to talk about Vegas, but on another, I mean, the only thing I really want to talk about, we're like, yeah, let's invite our two 16 year olds to their grandpa's bachelor party in Las Vegas and then proceed to not like chaperone them at all and they just can do whatever the fuck they want and what they end up doing is going to like illegal underground card games and accidentally hiring prostitutes that they have to pay off yeah i mean that's the thing is like when did when was it established that like ryan is just some fucking (laughs) card card counting counting, like poker shark (laughs) 
Like, what? Like, it's just like, oh, he's from a rough background. Clearly, that means he knows how to do a le- any illegal thing Yeah, like, thing I don't think really that was... Well. A, was that established... Actually, was it vaguely established in the casino episode at the beginning of the season where, like, his mom knows how to count cards? So maybe she's... I can't remember if it was like, yeah, I taught you how to do this, but I... It wasn't established well enough for me to remember if that was actually established. <laughs> yeah. And then also, like, you know, so maybe this could be somehow justified when it turns out that the hooker, like, is actually a hooker and not just, like, a college student. Obviously, she could be both. But when she's like, oh, I know some guys that, you know, from UNLV that, like, played this game, you know, at this place... And it's some like hardcore backdoor gambling, you know, situation where I'm like, as if like frat boys just do that, you know, and it's not just like they're playing it with their homies at the college, you know, which I I just thought it was funny. It's like in Vegas, it's different, (laughs) Gray. Maybe if you have the access to the strip as a college Everyone knows. Yeah, that's as I say, everyone knows that when you live in Vegas, you live on the strip. (laughs) You go to the strip all the, the time. The strip was my campus. <laughs> exactly. College girls are always just trying to like get into all the pools. Yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, maybe. maybe. I who knows? who knows? I didn't. I don't know anyone who went to UNLV, so I can't say. Me neither. Um. If you went to UNLV, write in. Tell us about <laughs> tell all the time us. you spent on this Las Vegas Please strip. Please tell us. Please tell us. Um. So the last two things I have on the list to talk about are just Teresa, which we have talked about a lot. But I don't have anything more to talk about. Just, it's annoying. Frustrating. Ryan, get your shit together. Yeah, I know. And I just, again, I just remember like watching every time I watch this, I'm like, God damn it, Teresa, you ruin everything. You ruin my favorite couple. Like, get the fuck out of here <laughs> with your pregnancy. What is, what is your 12-year-old brain mindset with Summer and Seth and Anna? I think it's just a very, very Seth-Summer aligned because it's just like, that is like that is the correct couple and that is how I feel That's about what the it. show wants me to exactly. like. And so that's what I'm going to like. Exactly. Gotcha. And I guess, like, as an adult, I can definitely recognize that, like, Seth and Anna are cute when they are together. But I think I just, at, in the back of my mind, I'm just like, so we'll do this for a little bit, but then we get back on track. You know, that's kind of, like, yeah. how I yeah. always feel. Where I'm like, it's Seth and Summer, baby. It's Seth and Summer forever, baby. Um, And then we're going back to your pin of... The Caleb, Marissa, Jimmy blackmail situation. Oh, yeah. So the blackmail was fully dependent on, he was like, I, you have to live with me or I'm not going to pay your dad. But then he paid her dad and then she can be like, okay, well, you paid him. I'm not going to live with you. Yeah. Well, like after, after the paint, the transaction was complete. What was really holding her to that? I don't know. Decision? I don't maybe like it's like maybe he didn't pay him all at once. Maybe it's like maybe there's a way that he could take get away. Like I I honestly have no actually that's not true because we see him write a check, so I have no idea. Yeah, he's he's holding a check for like two million five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. I don't know. That's a that's a good point. That's a big plot hole. 
<laughs> I think that, that's that's another just... thing where like my twelve year old brain is just like that's just what happens. That that's the pro- that's what yeah. the problem is. So there's the problem, and it makes evil. It makes Caleb more evil. It makes Marissa hate her mom more. It makes like Jimmy more like shot like shunted to the side and like it's just like that's just what happens but that's a good point it's like why can't she just be like Uh, okay so he has his money now we're now i'll just go back with him because fuck you mom fuck you caleb you guys suck yeah i also one more thing just like about caleb that it's just like a through line every time like sandy like foils his plans (laughs) you know um i love how like Caleb always turns it around to being like, well, in case you didn't know, actually, you know, this is now your problem too, because I was going to do this diabolical shit, but now that I can't do it, like, it's actually going to blow back onto, like, it's like, or if you didn't do this to begin with. Yeah. Yes. But it was all, it's always like, yeah, but also if you didn't do this to begin with, no one would be in this situation. Exactly. But it was like, oh, you ruined the lighthouse deal. And now, like, I can't remember what it was. It was like, now this, like, no one's going to buy this land. And, and now the Newport group is like. And now the Newport is like going to go bankrupt yeah. or something. And it's just like, or like be a better businessman <laughs> and your company won't be completely, you know, hinged upon this yeah, one exactly. deal. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, that's actually not Sandy's problem. It's yours. Because I think that literally happens twice in this season. Because in the first half of the season, Caleb wanted to buy, like, that, the bluffs or whatever. The, the wetlands. wetlands. Yeah. And then I'm pretty sure Sandy foils that plan. Because he, cause he, he also does. wanted to buy them and then turn it for a profit because they were unusable. And it was kind of the same fit. It was the same exact situation as the lighthouse. It's like, okay, how many times yeah. can we do this? <laughs> like, let's get more original, guys. Um, but I think that, I feel like we covered everything that yeah, happened. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, I'm excited for season two. Um, I think Ryan's going to come back. Well, hang on. Let's, uh, let's hold off on your predictions until the end. But that actually leads us perfectly into... Checking in on your predictions from last episode to see how right or wrong you were. So we'll get into expectations versus reality. Okay, first prediction. Like, go for it. <laughs> yeah, I'll just try to go for, like, the main the main characters, how I think it's going to end up. Um, I, th- I still think that, you know, Ryan and Marissa are, an event- like, I think Oliver's going to get in the way. And I don't think it's going to be an actual, like, cheating switch over to him type thing. I'm just going to think it's, like... It's a close call and it's going to lead to like them splitting up. Um, they've been so tumultuous since Nailed like it. I don't see them just like sticking it out. <laughs> Unless there is a maybe like end of the season they get back together. But otherwise like I think they're even if temporarily going to break up again. Um, and I think Oliver is going to have a big part in that. So they pause yeah. it. So they did. And then they got back together yeah. again. And then they broke up yeah. again. I forgot about Teresa. Well, you didn't, didn't know forget. about Teresa. I didn't know about Teresa. Yeah. That, yeah. I'll, I'll call that okay. a win for you. Okay. I, I yeah. think it's a win. I think it's it's, it's like, a, it's like yeah. a B. Okay, second. Seth is going to crash and burn with Anna, and then Summer's going to have her redeeming moment, and they're going to like... Maybe that's how the season ends with them kissing. Um, 
I, I think I, I underestimated how long these seasons are. Like how much they pack into true, an episode. Because that happened like four episodes into the second half yeah. of the season. So. so like, yeah, it didn't end with them kissing, but like they did get back. They did get together. So, okay, next. Yeah. I think the Julie Cooper, Caleb Nichols thing is really going to interfere with Sandy and Kirsten a lot more. To where maybe they actually have like nope. real, you know, turmoil in their Just... relationship together. Because so far they've been pretty solid. Like none of their problems have lasted more than yeah. A... No, not really. That didn't happen at all. Nope, didn't happen at <laughs> all. Okay, the next one. The, the next one is the most meandering because you do eventually get to a correct prediction. But like, let's okay. Like anything with Haley. What? Do you, why do you think she's here? <sighs> sorry for that noise by the way oh man um maybe she causes i mean is she gonna try and fuck ryan uh (laughs) that was kind of like weirdly implied like it was just like i'm in my underwear and i'm in your wife beater i'm like gross i literally as soon as i saw that i was like are we gonna have another predator try to fuck ryan um she I was right about there being another predator. Like, but wrong uh, people. And just yeah. caught, like, dr- <sighs> no, I have nothing for <laughs> Haley. Okay. You don't have to. Um, yeah, she that's swinging a miss. I know. It, I just, just know like, she was, like, part of, she was in, like, the most recent episode, so. Maybe she's going to hook up with Jimmy Cooper. There you go. You got that. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Last minute, Hail yeah. Mary. Yeah. That's okay. That's a C. I would say yeah. that's a C. Not so bad. Okay, so now let's get into the bait shop. I think my favorite segment on our show, where it is an audio quiz involving the iconic music that scores some of the most iconic moments in the show. I'm going to play a song clip, and you're going to have to tell me at which moment it was playing. So, and it's multiple choice. So, clip one. So is this when Seth and Ryan discover Luke and Julie at the Mermaid Inn, when Oliver challenges Ryan and Luke to a golf cart race and takes it a little too far, or when the gang shows up to the Luna Chips Club in the L.A.? Is it B? No, it is A. It's A. I was between A and B. I was like, (laughs) I was so confident it was A. Until I read B, and then I got, oh, shit, go with your gut, great. Go with your gut. <laughs> okay. Number two. Is this when the gang is hanging out with Oliver and talking about going to the Rooney concert? It's C. B. So C, when they're at Rooney, <laughs> they're at the Rooney concert, and Luke is fangirling. <laughs> B was when they're backstage at the Rooney concert and Seth and Anna are telling Summer about their relationship. But, dude, I love this song. <laughs> I just, I just remember, it's just so obvious. Like, yeah. as soon as I heard, like, I'm just shaking, I'm like, she's I can shaking. just hear Luke singing it. Yep. So that's how I know it's it's Luke. All right, next. Rooney! Is Puddle of Mud. Um, oh, wow. It's Puddle of Mud. Like, what a throwback. Away from me. 
this. When Marissa decides to stay at Oliver's penthouse after he took a bunch of pills, quote unquote, after Ryan accuses him of faking it, is it when Oliver challenges Ryan and Luke to a golf cart race and takes it a little too far? When Marissa, or is it C, when Marissa decides to drive with Oliver to Palm Springs to talk about his breakup, or D, all of the above? Is it D? It is. <laughs> okay, you don't good remember, to know. You don't remember the, yeah, like angsty <laughs> music that played throughout this episode? I, not really, okay. I guess. All right, number four, If You Leave by Not A Surf. Is this A, when Luke tells Marissa he's leaving to move to Portland? B, when Teresa tells Ryan she's going back to Eddie? Or C, when Anna and Seth say goodbye at the airport? I don't know. See? It is When C. Anna and Seth say goodbye? It is okay. C. I was just my my thought process was like not a surf is like a very like indie nineties band. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel like they would only do like that kind of band with like the little fucking indie kids. Yeah, this is like a really popular song on like the OC mix soundtracks. Like ever like people fucking went crazy for this cover of If You Leave by Not a Surf, like when it was come when it was on the show. Gotcha. And then last but certainly not least, we have Night Moves by Bob Seeger. Working on a night moves. Trying to lose a awkward teenage blues. Working on a night moves. <laughs> A, when Julie invites Luke inside her house for the first time to hook up. B, when Luke is drinking by himself and calls Julie before he crashes his car. Or is it C, both A and B? I'm pretty sure it's C. I know for a fact it's B, but A also sounds right, so I'm going to go with C. Correct. It's both A and B. I I have like two gimmies here where it's all of the above because I had to. Yeah, Julie wow. I love that. That's the I love that. That's the song of like Julie and Luke. <laughs> <laughs> night moves, baby. Um, Working on the night moves. Also, when I was putting this quiz together, I discovered that Matt LeBlanc is in that music video. A young Matt LeBlanc, Joey from Friends, is in the Night Moves music video. Wait, really? Uh-huh. <laughs> wow, he's really cute in it. Um, okay. Final segment. We've reached the end of season one. And at the end of every season, we're going to do some superlatives. This segment is called The Brains, the Brawn, the Beauty, and the Boobs. They're archetypes established in the LA episode. We finally know where that comes from. Um, I also want to say the episode. That's that kicks off the second half of the season that we watched. I think it was episode fifteen. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was the first instance of a bagel being uh, a thing good. as well. It was like literally the episode after. I'm like, where's the relevance? So just that's another thing. Gotcha. Is, is it- these these themes are finally starting to unfold? Totally. Now we just have to wait for the bait shop. Totally. I'm yeah. Sure it's the, the last is, one that like. Yeah. That'll reveal in first half of season two so we'll finally catch up to that one too 
So, we're gonna go through some, we're gonna assign some superlatives from our first season watch. So the first one I have is the season one winner. Who is the winner of season one? Who do we think like, I guess we can interpret that in any way we want. Like who had like the best arc or who do we think came out the best at the end? Like this can be interpreted many different ways. I think I'll let you go first because I actually have to think about it. Who do we think is the winner? Of season one. Honestly, a dark take could be Julie Cooper because she started season one with a husband who bankrupt them and ruined her entire reputation. And she, well, she's about to have that too. Wasn't that the whole joke? Like, I Sandy guess that's true, like, but she ends it on top marrying seemingly the richest man in Newport, but I guess she, that's true. Who came out on top? Honestly, Haley. Yeah, that's true. Wow, like, surprise. <laughs> one of the few that, like, it just, like, the, the season didn't end with any, like, negativity for her and Jimmy, you know? I mean, I guess Jimmy, he lost Marissa, so I guess that. But, like, Haley was just, like, got a boyfriend. Got a boyfriend? Got not a, not a stripper. together. Yeah, like, my so. life's kind of put together. I would say, like... Just overall, from, like, start to finish, like, everyone else went through a lot of peaks and valleys. Sandy, I guess, is, like, still somewhat on a high. Summer, other than, like, he's just bit. worried about Kirsten. Yeah. But I guess, um, I don't know, weird weird take, hot take. Yeah, hot take. Is Haley kind of ended it on a high. <laughs> um, season one Caitlin loser. Cooper, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, season one loser. Who's the biggest loser of season one? Um, Marissa, maybe she went through a lot of fucking shit. Not only, so not only did she overdose in the first half of season one, she also broke up with her boyfriend twice, got held at gunpoint in a hotel room. Her ex-boyfriend hooked up with her mom and she got blackmailed into living with said mother. (laughs) Yeah, and yeah. it's not even broke up with your boyfriend twice. The second time was like your boyfriend left you for a woman would... that he might have impregnated. <laughs> yes, I think Marissa is the biggest loser of season t- of season one. <laughs> I think so too. Uh, best couple, Sandy and Kirsten. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Just worst, always <laughs> worst couple. Luke Julie and, Julie. and Caleb. Or oh. no, no, no. Julie and Luke. <laughs> if we can call it a couple because it is like statutory rape. This is booty call statutory rape. Yeah. yeah. If if we don't count it, Julie and Caleb, Julie and Caleb. worst couple. Yeah. Um Just or Summer and Funny Guy. <laughs> Maybe that was also oh, that. Poor couple. funny guy. <laughs> So I, I do love like Seth's like you need to go bigger. Yeah. Also, apparently that guy is actually at one of Adam Brody's best friends in real life. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good, so good. Um, craziest storyline. When does the storyline start and end? <laughs> That's a really good point. Maybe because... like craziest thing that happened. Craziest moment. Um, 
Maybe, maybe Julie Luke. Although, T overdosing in Tijuana is also pretty crazy. Yeah. Um. Craziest thing that happened. I mean, one could argue a seemingly normal family in Newport adopts a 16-year-old child <laughs> that they just released from just the jail. Just the whole show. <laughs> yeah, like, th- just the beginning. Like, pretty crazy storyline. Yeah. Um, or maybe there's a, a kid living on his own, completely unsupervised, with seemingly endless resources, with known mental health yeah, issues and yeah. drug abuse problems. Yeah. Just or, able honestly, to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. A point also, we AKA didn't- AKA Oliver. Yeah. Another thing we didn't totally touch, we touched upon a little bit, but the fact that Teresa is 17 years old, engaged to be married at one point and is also like working catering jobs rather than going to school and is debating whether she wants to be a child bride or not and then ends up getting pregnant at the end that's also pretty crazy and she's supposed to be like 16 or 17 they keep saying yeah they say she's 17 yeah Yeah, like all of these all her whole plot line was basically like for a 20-year-old? Yeah. That is another but, thing. That but I, because she's poor, it's okay that she has to put up with these decisions. It's yeah. basically how it came across. Is like, it's like she's got to grow up faster, I guess. She's got to grow up faster because like Chino. she doesn't have as many opportunities awarded to her yeah. or presented to her, I guess. I don't know. That was fucking crazy. Like, yeah. To I me. think I did. I wrote like very few notes, but one of my notes was... Um, is Teresa a child bride? <laughs> Which, yeah. yes, she is. Or she almost is. Yeah. Um, favorite storyline or moment? Maybe just the LA. We kind of talked about that. Yeah. Hottest take of the season. Is it that Haley won? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is it that Gray is team Anna? Um, um. Is it that Gray is team Eddie? No, just kidding. We, Eddie oh. was totally fine until he became a surprise abuser. Yes. Um, is it that Luke is maybe one of my favorite characters? <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Luke really turned it around. Yeah. Go, Luke. Um, all right. So that those are our season one superlatives. Let's close it off with Gray's predictions for season two. Do we want to do that here? Let's do that next season. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Because we're not going to reconvene until halfway, halfway through, through season okay, two. Okay. So, yeah, let's do predictions for season two. Or I guess, like, maybe okay. maybe we'll narrow it to, like, how do you think we're coming into season say, two? Like, what do you think yeah, is going to be the situation? The baby is not going to be Ryan's. Um, I think Seth is going to overcorrect in some capacity and cause a lot of issues in his relationship with Summer. Potentially they break up. Um, There's going to be another like Marissa and Ryan, will they, won't they? Probably will they at some point and then won't (laughs) they. Um, I would not be surprised if they 
get back together and then break up again by halfway through season two. Um, Caleb's going to somehow weasel his way out of things and be good. And somehow Jimmy is going to take the brunt of some fallout. Um, Marissa's going to have more substance abuse issues, clearly, because at the end of the season, she's like drinking a bottle of vodka. In her new mansion. Um, I don't know. I think that's good enough. Honestly, what I've learned from season one (laughs) is that everything can happen. (laughs) Uh, Two seasons worth of events can happen in half of a season (laughs) of this show. So it's hard exactly. to predict. Like, That's a great way of putting it. Um, so yeah, on that note, that we have finished season one. We can, we'll dive into season two. Also, I believe we, this is now going to be the, com- the final episode. We're releasing the first three episodes of the Brosi all at once Labor Day weekend. So this will commence the end of the bundle. So stay tuned. Um, we've been zooming through watching the show. It's literally like scheduling the recording yeah. that has been the thing that takes longer than actually <laughs> watching yeah. the show, which is surprising because we're watching like 15 episodes at a time. Um, so stay tuned. Season two, part one will be out hopefully soon. Uh, but as we've said throughout, we're kind of just releasing these whenever we can get to them. But yeah. yeah, honestly, now that so also this is like the end of the bundle, please send in all of your thoughts and feelings. If you have any like questions you want to ask me about my initial like watch through or any thoughts or feelings you want to send Gray's way, anything you if there are any like spoiler free leading questions you want me to ask Gray or if there's anything you're really looking forward to Gray finally like getting to. Please, like, you can email us at latchkeysibs at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, latchkeysibs. Send us a DM. Leave a comment. Whatever. Please send us your thoughts. Um, but with that, that's all we have for today. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.